Hi, I'm Robin Renee. I'm Mary McGinley. And I'm Wendy Sheridan. And I'd like to welcome you all to the first ever episode of The Leftscape. All right. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, I'm Robin, and I am a performing songwriter and a writer. Um, I've done various other things in my life, including being a microbiology lab person and a, uh, I don't know, I'm like an SEO type person these days, a little bit of a geek. Mm. <laughs> um, and I've been a longtime activist, actually, mm. and that's a big thing that has been in my life. And so I'm really happy to um, be bringing some of our political conversation and thoughts to this new podcast. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Me? Yeah. Mary? Okay, this is Mary. And I am an artist, a theater artist, a director. Um, I spent a lot of time um, studying and working on directing and somehow with uh, what's going on in our world now, I just feel like I can't do it. I have to be more of an activist. I was hoping I could use my art as activism, but it just doesn't seem to be enough. And so I'm here to try and talk about that. And, uh, and, and one of the things too is I, I was, I remember very distinctly, I had a conversation with a woman who was an, uh, an artist, an activist, in, back in the 60s and she said that one when she brought her art out she wasn't out necessarily to change people's minds she was out there to encourage the like-minded people to keep up the good fight nice I'm uh, I'm Wendy Sheridan and currently I am working as a graphic designer and illustrator who is attempting at the third act of her life to start a new career as a comic graphic novel artist. We'll see how that goes. Um, Optimism. Yeah. yeah. Before that, I have been a technical writer. So basically, um, what is it? Uh, so if I was to have a Kazinti name, um, it would have been Explainer to Idiots. <laughs> and, um, and before that, I was uh, an electrical engineer. So I, and you know, and I've raised a child who's now an adult living across the country. Um, and I've done a lot of armchair activism, although November 8th, 2016 has kind of gotten me off of the couch and out into the streets. And uh, I want to continue that on the open air waves of the internet. And I'm excited about where we can go with all of this. Yeah. Awesome. And we are the Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Say it again for the people in the back. We're the Leftscape, the, the shape, shape of, of progressive, progressive conversation. <laughs> Okay, this is a topic that I threw out there because I really felt um, the more I thought about my life, the more I realized it changed. And then I say, why has my life changed? When Be has your life changed? It changed about 
2016 in November. November 9th, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, what could have ever happened on that day? Yeah. <laughs> when we all woke uh, up. November so, 9th, yeah, 2016. The and, day reality changed. <laughs> yeah, and I used to, you know, I mean, I wasn't the healthiest person, but I had a, a healthy diet, sort of, and I went to the gym, sort of. And, <laughs> sort uh, of. And uh, now I look at myself and, oh my God, two two years has it happened? The year and a half. Year and, it feels like two years. <laughs> no, it feels like ten years. Yeah, and I'm like fifteen pounds heavier than I was, and I why can't I even count a calorie? Are you are you storing up a fat layer for the for the for nuclear the, winter? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I was reading something just yesterday, and it was about World War Two, and it was about occupied. France, how the people were being occupied by the Nazis, and how they managed to uh, subside, uh, just deal with being um, being under uh, occupation for four long years. And I went, uh oh, that's like the term of a presidency. <laughs> we have to. We should look at what the French did <laughs> to help us. Hello. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Sorry about that. You're getting the, the real slice of life now. <laughs> that was a spam caller, which I didn't pick up. Yeah. We're we're getting lots of spam calls too. Does anybody feel that their life has changed? Do they feel not just not just spiritually or emotionally, but also physically? I've had, uh, yeah, I would say that the last six months or so, um, my life is, I'm sort of coming back online, mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm starting to get back to my health and wellness. But, but it took a while. It took a while, and for me, I've, um, honestly, I'm coming out of, like, like my worst year of my life. Wow. Um, I have to say. Yeah. And... A lot of it was about a relationship that was, um, that's a whole story unto itself, but it, it, it involved, um, like a narcissist mm -hmm. type personality. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was dealing with that, of the, the sort of, um, covert narcissist personality with the combined with the overt narcissist, <laughs> who's oh, now yeah. the supposed leader of the free world. Um, yeah, that doesn't help. No, and it and I felt completely um, just flattened uh -huh. from all sides by this sort yeah. of uh, by by the personal and the sort of overarching political climate that was happening, and um, there's a lot of fear in terms of like what was going to be even um, what we could do in the world, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of the re reasons that I I I really wanted to. I thought that like of all the activist type things that I've done in my life, one of the things that I can do is is make space for people's voices. And that's sort of one of the reasons that I sort of came around to this idea. Mm -hmm. But from a personal aspect, I mean, I was very depressed. I was not getting out of bed as often as I should mm -hmm. and being just all, acting, being out in the world, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I took a, a physical hit from the, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's hard to even it's hard to even 
describe. But yeah, there's not, I didn't have the attention to health and um, just even my own mental state um, to the level that I would like. So, you know, I'm back to just sort of easefully going back to a place of being aware of things. I'm not trying to be over, um, over uh, perfectionist with myself just yet because mm. that is my, that is my downfall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, things are getting better and I'm happy to be around friends again. Yeah, and it's good. It's, it was hard. It's, it's not, good. Not it's good. just, you mentioned depression and I, I'm sorry that I can't remember the article that I was reading, but I know I've been reading about, about uh, therapists having, uh, having a spike in their <laughs> business and people who are depressed. I mean, maybe that's why the doctor was asking me about mood swings and depression today and not just because I cut off all my hair yesterday. <laughs> that could be. Um, yeah, I cut off all my hair yesterday. Yeah. And did you do that yourself? No. Oh. I know it looks maybe like I did. <laughs> no, it looks good. I'm it not, looks good. I, yeah, it's a little more butch than I'm normally like to present myself although my daughter disagrees because she goes well you never wear makeup and hardly ever wear a bra and you don't give a shit about your clothes and blah blah so yeah and okay what I'm did right. she mean by hey, that? There are many well, she, i think i'm books, adding you know? i'm adding I'm, 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 I'm embellishing and adding she didn't really <laughs> she, so she only said the thing about the makeup so, so. <laughs> okay because butch doesn't mean you don't give a shit about how you look it means yeah. i know it's just it's, like looking studly yeah <laughs> Yeah, but that's another conversation. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm exploring, I guess, different looks. But some, at some point, I'm gonna ask you guys maybe off the air about what color I need to paint this white stuff coming out of my head. But um, blue. Well, I have, well, I have blue. a bright red that Ooh. I'm thinking about. That would be also too. Yeah, you look um, like a match. <laughs> well, maybe I, I need to be on fire, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 election and the running up to the election was vener- very energizing in and not in necessarily a good way for me. Um, right afterwards, I got really involved in local the local uh, indivisible movement and um, and at some point. And then, like, after about eight, nine months of it, maybe a year, it, it, it kind of felt like, oh, it was getting to the point where, like, oh, well, the meetings are at night, and it's like, I don't want to go out, and, and it's, I've kind of be becoming sort of shut in at this point, and it's, because I found I have, compared to this time last year, I have way less energy and enthusiasm for things. It's like, it's like I've been ground down. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, because it's it's every day it's like all of this horrible stuff is happening, and and it's like we're seeing more and more reports of regular people being horrible to other regular people. Yeah, and you know, sleeping in a lounge. <laughs> yeah, sleeping oh. in a lounge. Barbecuing in a park. <laughs> Oh, going to Starbucks of. for coffee. Yeah. yeah, really. Going to Hobby Lobby to return uh, <laughs> something with a receipt. Yeah, uh, it's it. That was this morning. That was this morning's outrage. I, I mean, that's like that. there's an outrage every day, and there's only so much energy you can put into being outraged all the time. It's, yeah, it's. I know every you keep reading. Don't let this be normal. Don't yes. normalize it. It's like, but if you don't. 
you're living under, I mean, I guess even if you do normalize it, it's just, you're, you're normalizing this stress level that's un, um, unsustainable. But it yeah. is... And then it, and then it, and then it manifests in, you know, physical things like not paying attention to the sidewalk and falling down, and yeah. and you know, oh, no. that was a thing. Because I, I tripped, I tripped on oh. on uh, uneven sidewalk, and I kind of need to go to city hall and be the cranky old lady with the cane, yelling at them to fix the freaking sidewalks. Wait, um, you were doing that because you were not paying attention, or yeah. you were doing? I was a nice sunny day. I was just literally around the corner. I was gonna go see if there was an apartment because one of my friends needed to move because mm. there and there's there's been a la a rash of shitty landlord stuff happening to my friends, and that's mm. putting you know and and they're stressed, and so I feel I feel their stress, mm. and and it's not like you can have a civil conversation online anymore. Do you think, can you blame the shitty landlord stuff on the, the administration? Oh, we could try. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people it's are, like they're setting up an example of corrupt are, behavior. People are still blaming Obama for things. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, I think um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird loop, right? I mean, if you can't say there's a one-to-one -one correlation with something, I mean, I think if we're living in a certain level of stress and upset, um, you, we all might perceive things in a mm -hmm. way that's more, um, more personal or more upsetting or more, you know what I mean? I think it's, it can just flow off of each it's, other, whether or not there's a specific And then also, it's also, if happen. you think about, if you think about, um, they're saying that trauma is actually passed on to people through genetics, through their DNA. Really? Yes. Mm -hmm. The memory of trauma is mm -hmm. passed on and... You know, my spidey sense has been tingling ever since uh, the primaries in 2016, mm -hmm. ever since we were down to 45 and, and Hillary. Mm -hmm. I won't use his name. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and my spidey sense started tingling then, you know, because I, I used to joke saying I'm descended from a long line of people who knew when it was time to flee. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and... I see that I'm in a demographic that has had privilege and has had privilege suddenly removed mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's frightening, you know, so there's that in the background all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and I think about that and then I think about people of color who, who never got even even you know they weren't even let into the let into the the club even for 10 minutes so you know um mm, yeah. <laughs> so there's that that you know so so i have i have like the the scared of of and honestly the way a lot of white people are acting now i kind of don't want to be thought of as white anymore mm -hmm. but so i have like the the losing of the white privilege uh mixed with the white guilt of being white so you know, there's 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 this whole cocktail of of crap going on in my head all the time, and and it's. Uh... I, I want to go back to the one thing that you said is that that noise in the background is the cat snoring. <laughs> the, uh, um, the idea of being bombarded with all the outrage and how to deal with that without 
Is the only way to deal with that to normalize it? No. And it does it have to be normalized? No. I think I think that has to do with for me. Well, I mean, a couple things have happened. I think I I share that feeling of like the lessening of the um, energy Mm -hmm. for over activism, and that worries me. Like I don't want to be like I'm tired of you know because it's kind of we're still in a place where it's kind of. We could kind of pretend everything's fine if we wanted to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it, it, I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to, but I mean, I'm like... Yeah, there's, you can definitely But you can be like, sand, yeah, yeah, I'm just not going to go to any more marches, or I'm just tired of it all, or whatever, and just... I'm just going to share this on Facebook and be done. Right, <laughs> right. There's that, you know, there's Twitter activism or whatever, and I don't want that to happen. I want to still be out in the world and talking about things that are important and trying to make change, especially as the, 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 the midterm elections come up, you know, but... For me, some of it has been like a, a somewhat deadening of that, you know, need to go out and protest and be public as an activist, which upsets me. Um, but the other part of it, I think, is positive, which has been really learning to take care of myself again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten more into just self-care and more back into mantra, which is something that's been important to me and that I sort of had to abandon for a while, yoga and chant and things that are really that like inputting what's healthy, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that I, when I'm in a better place like that, I can deal with, I can, I can witness something that's going on mm-hmm. in the world that I think is shitty, but mm-hmm. I don't have to, I don't fly into the outrage and have to tweet about it or mm-hmm. engage about it. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, I want to be aware of it and mm-hmm. I want to do positive things. So that's kind yeah. of how, I've been dealing with it. I don't always do that perfectly, mm-hmm. but that's one way. I think well, the helps. self-care is really important, and that's kind of what I had to do um, in my own mind because I think that's one of the reasons why I have been losing enthusiasm and energy for activism work. It's because I was probably probably taking on too much, and... Mm-hmm. and uh, and it affected me and now I have to kind of, I have to recharge and I, and I, you know, and I have to give myself permission to do that because, um, because otherwise I'm not going to be good for anything. But I think some of it is also frustration because I think, um, in my mind, I maybe wanted to see results Mm -hmm. from some of this stuff sooner. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is, is whack-a-mole because, you know, there are a lot of issues that I'm interested in and there's just too much. <laughs> there's a, you know, and, and at, at the beginning of this, I, I subscribe to the thing, pick your, pick your, um, your Bad cause. Pick, yeah. pick your, what, I, I can't even think of the word. It's, it's cause, but it's not. Pick the thing that you want that's the most important to you. And at, at that time, I believe it was the, the reproductive rights fight which has been ongoing for my entire life, probably for longer than my entire life. But um, so, you know, you pick your one thing and that's the one you do and you kind of can, you know, can kind of help people a little bit on the other things. But, and then you forget because there's so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that's, I think, what the other side is kind of counting on because they're, you know, they figure, oh, these guys can't keep this up and then we'll win, you know. 
What was that multi-headed dragon that every time the hero cut the head of, yeah, <laughs> off, it, two more heads came? That's just yeah. what you made me think of. No, don't say that too much or our dungeon master will have us fighting one of those next <laughs> month. <laughs> um, so what can we say that's going to wrap this up in a, in a positive? <laughs> I, guess, I guess if I can summarize what I'm hearing too is that there was a lot of anger and you tried to turn the anger into positive energy and frustration kind of made you hit a wall. So, because things, it, it didn't seem like what we were doing uh, was accomplishing much, but we have to have faith that it will. Keep the faith, baby. <laughs> um, well, this is Mary, okay? <laughs> Eventually, people will figure out who our voices are. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about the. the a time when I was in college, back in the 70s, and I had a job down Wildwood. Do you remember Wildwood? Do you ever go to Wildwood? I went mm -hmm. to... Uh, Jersey Shore. The, the, the castle, Brigantine Castle. Oh, that's Brigantine. Yeah, yeah so, that's Brigantine, yeah. but Wildwood. Wildwood was a crazy place where one of the things, it was very touristy, but there were um, discotheques. We had discotheques back then, and I got a job <laughs> as a cocktail waitress at a discotheque, and as a matter of fact, uh, being the head cocktail waitress. And I was used to music going on, smoke, music, lots of, and I was running around with my drinks. But then everything stopped suddenly, and the dance floor cleared. And there was nobody on the dance floor except one girl. And she was all dressed in silver, and she had silver makeup on her face. And she started dancing to this strange music. And I said, what is this? And it was David Bowie. And she was all done up as David Bowie. And what was the song? You don't remember? Um, I can hear it in my mind. I can't remember. Um, but the thing was, was she would come back night after night after night. And every time the same thing would happen, everybody would stop and everybody would clear the floor and watch this girl do David Bowie. And that's, and that's really I said, cool. <laughs> yeah, and I said, who is this David Bowie? And I could hear the music and I said, wow, this is very different. This is really like, but is this girl crazy or what? She's into a whole other world. And that became the phenomenon of David Bowie. So this is, uh, we're bringing this all up because Robin and I independently got to go to the Brooklyn Museum recently to the David Bowie Is exhibit. And um, I just want to say real quick, it's running until July 15th of this year. It's at the Brooklyn Museum in Brooklyn, New York, if you have a go chance. Go if you can. Go if you can because really until because it doesn't it's done after this this is its last stop on the tour mm. so it's not going to be is it it from the from uh london museum it's victorian victorian albert, albert. victorian albert museum and it again. won't be there anymore no it, it was a two it, i think it started there like three four years ago yeah a while like back that. i didn't realize how long it's been on tour but I, I had a friend who went to see it in chicago oh year. wow yeah and um so it gets dismantled and then it is no more. Yes. Oh, yeah. I definitely am going to go. 
How do people get to Brooklyn? Uh, I drove. Mm. <laughs> we took uh, Uber <laughs> with a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, you know... But you can do it. Buses and trains and... Subway? Subway. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, actually, the subway stop where the museum is has, like, some weird David Bowie oh, in the art in the subway itself. Mm, I want to see that. Yeah. I'm fascinated with your your club story. Oh, that was yeah. I. I was in high school in the '70s, and I have to say that it was it was my girlfriend uh, Patricia and my my male friend Jeremy, um, who apparently was gay, and I didn't understand about that at the time because I was a very innocent innocent child, <laughs> not exposed to any of that stuff, and I had no idea. But they're the ones that, that turned me on to Bowie in the first place. Mm. Um, and I think, and it might have even been a little before that, because I, I, and I didn't know it was it was Bowie, but when all the young dudes came out, I think we played that to death. You played the Mata Hoople version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, I was, I was definitely into Mata Hoople before I even heard of David Bowie. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, that was, I think, my very first exposure to David Bowie. Well, funny enough, and I just realized this, um, being an avid Bay City Rollers fan back in the day, <laughs> I believe it was their version of Rebel Rebel, uh -huh. which may have been my first exposure to David <laughs> Bowie, awesome. which is pretty funny. But um, I, hearing him personally, I remember um, I was at it was I believe it was Christmas Eve, and I was hanging out at my piano teacher's house, and I was friends with her daughter, her youngest kid, um, and. They were friends. She and her husband were friends with my parents, and they were like doing adult things or whatever, talking and whatever. And I, um, my my friend's older brother came on, came in and put on this album, and I just remember like literally, like you were talking about how the dance floor kind of cleared. Like my brain kind of did that, <laughs> and my brain was just like, what is that? Yeah. And I remember like it was a vinyl album, and just walking over and like watching the record, like been around I was, just, I was staring at it and listening to it and it was Ziggy Stardust the mm. album and awesome. it just was mm. it changed mm -hmm. a lot of things it reordered my brain you know mm. um, so that was that was kind of an amazing so time. did the man who sold the world was it the man who sold the moon world world the man who sold the world did that come out before or after Ziggy Stardust before because I remember that and that album probably intrigued me because there was a science fiction short story by Robert Heinlein called The Man Who Sold the Moon. Okay. And so I kind of said it, it connected in my head and I think that was probably the first one I bought. Mm -hmm. And I remember being intrigued by seeing pictures of, of him with the long hair and he would be wearing a dress, he would be cross-dressing, you know, and, and I just thought that was really cool as hell. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> that, he really saved me, I think, in, in some real ways. What do you mean? I was just, at, when I was at that pivotal, like, teenage time when I just felt like, you know, everything's wrong and everything mm -hmm. I want to be is not right, or I don't know, I was just like in mm -hmm. this feeling like alone mm -hmm. kind of thing. And seeing Bowie um, being so 
present and out there and artistic and mm-hmm. and, and queer remake, before. making himself. Yeah, yeah, creating like, who he wanted to be. He's and, giving permission for everyone else. And the gender, mm-hmm. just just sort of openness and fluidity was, uh, yeah, made it. It did give permission. Mm-hmm. It made me understand that I could be all of myself. Mm-hmm. It and was, I, yeah. It was also. I, I think for me, it them and and. Um, God, Dee Snyder's band. What the hell was that? The glam, that glam band. The um, Twisted Sister. Yes. Because <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it was the platform heels and the and the guys with the makeup and the hair and the and the silver outfits and everything. That mm-hmm. all really resonated with me, even though. It's funny. I think of the metal version of it as so different, but I mean, it's it's a continuum, actually. Yeah, I kind of, I I trended away, not really, my girlfriend who got me into Bowie in the first place, she went off into punk land, Mm -hmm. and I went off into kind of the metal hard rock land, because that is what spoke to me. Right, right. Um, But yeah, it all, it all conflated with me, you know, the, the kid in Virginia, you know, it's, it was all very. Uh, it was. I, I, it was exciting, and I. There was a lot of British bands I would get into at that point. But um, the exhibit, the exhibit at the museum, was. It was very unique and very fascinating. If for those of you that that haven't or aren't going to be able to to go there, it was a very multimedia kind of um, experience. You're handed headphones when you walk in and you put them on and 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 I guess they're bluetooth or something I guess the technology is like that mm-hmm. so when you're in a specific area you're hearing an audio an audio that goes with what you're looking at what you're looking at and mm-hmm. when you move into a different place that the audio changes cool um it's synced up with like um like there's in the back of the exhibit there's a place where where they have little clips from all of the films that David Bowie was in. Right, they had the mm. film, they had the concert room, yeah. which I didn't get to spend any time oh, in, really. I mean, that was bad. one thing I would want to go back to. The concert to, room the film. was really great. Yeah, the, his paintings. He had quite a number of paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just saying that the, the, yeah. the audio was synced with and the it movies. And goes with what you're you know, yeah. So, so, yeah, so any Interview video clips. you're seeing, any video you're seeing anywhere in the exhibit, the audio that on your headphones is synced up with it, and it made for kind of an interesting experience because everybody's, you know, in their own little audio, all in their little cocoon world. And I mean, I was there with my daughter, so there was a lot of me tapping her on the shoulder and moving headphone off of an ear and, and pointing at a thing and saying, wow, look at this. And <laughs> so that mm-hmm. I would have appreciated because I was with people, but we kind of all got separated. Mm-hmm. And so I had that very singular like headphone experience of it and I mm-hmm. I wanted that interaction to go like oh my god look at this this is amazing mm-hmm. you know yeah. and I didn't quite have mm-hmm. someone to do that with but it was that's why I mean I'm I'm tempted to go back again I really feel mm-hmm. like back I might want I might want yeah. to experience yeah, it, I want to go. but um, yeah. but what was your do you have anything that felt really powerful to you that you saw oh I don't know um I think some of the the stuff towards the end of his life the, the the interviews and the and the paintings were I didn't know that he painted and they were really powerful paintings mm-hmm. um, I also really appreciated all of the ephemera that was on display there were 
you know, pages out of his notebook with lyrics, with scribbles and cross outs, and that really, you know, and I'm as as a as a musician, a songwriter, you know, you're walking through there and you're going, I have pieces of paper that look exactly like this. It's like lyrics and crossing out and and you know and and seeing seeing like the the charts that they used for um I think it was Space Oddity, right? The the violin parts and the, uh, yeah. and uh, and the drum parts. Because I think those are the and just all of these and his his notebooks where he would sketch out all of the thing he you know because you think that to do like his stage shows you need mm. like a lot of people you need like costume makers you need all these other people set designers design, all of that stuff, stuff. but he, he designed did a lot of that like the preliminary it work definitely started at the beginning yeah I like his the, like, I like and the even the album designs. covers he would sketch out really quick like I want it to be this way and then and then mm -hmm. the artist would would uh, uh, create his vision yeah. mm -hmm. and that that you know you don't you don't always get to see that part of it, and a lot of I think a lot of artists don't have that kind of creative control over the entire package. Right. Exactly. Can, Sometimes know, it's can, like. No. Oh, can I ask? Do you think he had anything to do with the way this exhibit was put together? Do, did this start before uh, he died, or? It started before he died, and I didn't actually realize that for mm -hmm. a while but I, I know it was, it's, it's okay. been going on so, so I think he's he probably he probably did then have mm -hmm. some input into mm -hmm. it because yeah. it's like the exhibit basically shows you how much <laughs> input he had into all of his stuff yeah, yeah. Um, and I also I like seeing I always I, I love seeing costumes I love getting up close and seeing how they're made and um, and also realizing that you know I mean he's literally a larger-than-life person but He's not a man of great stature. This is true. Mm -hmm. That's what I noticed that too. It was, it Just was like, wow, these cool. are these these clothes are look smallish. So <laughs> like, you know. mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, Robin brought. Um, I have I have some of the things I purchased at the museum shop um, that I guess you guys could get online because they're at least know. while it's there. Yeah, um, and I I have like a deck of postcards which are like photographs of things from the exhibit and Robin has something that she got from somebody else it's the David Bowie tarot yes these were a gift actually she's never opened no I have doing it so unboxing I'm... <laughs> <laughs> and these are um, these are really cool it's like the major arcana of the tarot and I know that the other ones are available this is by an artist who goes by runic treasure and she also did a vintage horror tarot, apparently, mm -hmm. <laughs> which isn't my cup of tea necessarily, but I think a lot of people would, would dig it. But um, I'm definitely interested in opening these, first of all, but then also <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and getting the rest of the cards if I can do that. Because you, that's oh, pretty. Do you need a little knife there? No, I got it. I got, she it. got it. I have a knife. But uh, these are really cool. Wow. Ooh. So it's the fool, which is kind of like are um, these pictures? Are there pictures of pictures him? of various? Yeah, so that's him from. Um, uh, um, I like it that the fool was first. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, the fool would be first in the tarot deck. Mm -hmm. um, that is from Scary Monsters. Mm -hmm. So Harlequin. Oh, huh? the alien instead of the magician, I guess. Oh wow. Okay. That's cool. The high priestess. There he is in. A gorgeous dress. That's that ah, is the Bowie yeah. that this is the made my life 
The alien is Ziggy. Stardust, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. The Empress. Oh, that's beautiful. There's so many. And the Emperor. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 take I, a picture. Yeah, I need to take some it. photos of these because I'm just looking. Oh, the lovers. It's him and Iman. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, tell people what's on there. It's, uh, okay. Yeah. Justice is oh, Bowie's um, mugshot, which ah, is so ah, awesome. Oh, wait. When, when did he, he get arrested? He was arrested. That's for, his mugshot? He, he takes the, a good it, It's the most beautiful mugshot in yes. the world. Really. <laughs> he was arrested for marijuana possession in oh, Rochester. Okay. Oh. Sounds, sounds like something they would so, do. Yeah. But anyway, these are, these are gorgeous. But I, I was just... Uh, I wanted to say one thing about the exhibit, and the strangest thing for me is that of all of the most amazing just images and, and, and videos and everything that was in there, it's almost beyond, there's just so much, it's hard to describe. But the thing that was the deepest for me was seeing the, the, the different write-ups that they had like on the walls that were describing his life and his art and what was so important about him, and it really encapsulated it so well, but it also mentioned that he has died <laughs> and it was the first time i had to see those those words in really large print in oh. my face oh. and it was actually good okay to acknowledge it and mm. be able to say it out loud because i couldn't speak of it for wow. a, a while like i mean mm -hmm. I, I i went through a lot when he passed you know and so it was interesting to say, like, this, this is now the body of work that this person has created, mm -hmm. and we have mm -hmm. it all. I mean, I'm sure we'll mm -hmm. hear more things that are maybe come out later, but mm -hmm. it was kind of shocking. Well, he had, you know? I, yeah, and, I, and I'm thinking he did understand the, that the end of his life was approaching because he, had, mm -hmm. he definitely made some, some of the videos seem like they were oh, yeah. specific oh, yeah. for for being posthumous. Have you heard Black Star, the album? Some of it, yeah. It's incredibly oh, yeah. powerful. And he, yeah, he, he, it was definitely his um, Swan final song. statement. Yeah. Really frenetic. It was like he was getting out every ounce of music and art left. And, and it was just, it's crazy and wonderful. Yeah. So, really cool. So, um, yeah, this, I don't know what, I, what I'm going to talk about in here. This is just uh, just pictures from the exhibit that, because I wasn't going to buy the book because I have fund issues now, but uh, there's pictures from the exhibit, a lot of, um, I guess, proof sheets, like the Diamond Dogs cover, so you can see they posed David Bowie and they posed the dog and then they kind of just superimposed the two pictures on top of each other. For the painting, and I don't even know what this is from. It's probably going to say on the back. Yeah, I think it's, it's all labeled. Contact stuff. sheets. Just is that a, that's that a large dog? Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. more that's more diamond dog. Okay, stuff. Yeah. yeah, just like concert pictures and and reproductions of like some of the the sketchbook stuff. And uh, and his, you know. Concert pictures, I think I said that already. The hunky dory thing with the one hand, right? <laughs> it's just, you know, um, these are like my little mementos, and I have a, a Ziggy Stardust guitar pick now. 
which I'll probably never use to play a guitar with. But uh, yeah, that's just that's too pretty. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And it comes in this nice little box, and it was less expensive than the exhibit book, which had fewer pictures. I thought. Hmm. Yeah. So I like that sort of tactile experience of having this yeah. pencil. But yeah, so I definitely hope that people will go to the Brooklyn Museum to see David Bowie is. Yeah. I might be back again. The Brooklyn um, Museum. Yes. The Brooklyn Museum had a lot of other interesting exhibits happening. Um, there was the room of blue glass and some Rodin sculptures and some other stuff. We, we mm -hmm. basically spent the entire day there. Uh, the There's like a... A floor that has like these rooms from very rich people like they took like the, the furnishings and they reproduced the rooms and maybe with some of the woodwork so it's like some of the really wealthy people from the 1800s and mm -hmm. like the Art Nouveau and Art Deco pet periods there's mm -hmm. a lot of gorgeous furniture and some stained glass and that was interesting wasn't it the Brooklyn Museum that Giuliani was trying to keep money away from because he didn't no like idea. their exhibit they had it yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that, that he, was... he is a topic unto himself <laughs> these days. Yeah, I and, just and then outside of the cafeteria, there's the sculptures that must have been on buildings that got torn down. So like mm -hmm. like the ones like like on top of pillars or the pillars themselves, and then like you know these gargoyle looking things or lions or other things are just like out you can see them as you're eating or, and if it's not raining which it was during that day um you can wander around among them so yeah it's a cool it's a cool museum it's not exactly the most convenient to get to from new jersey but <laughs> you know public transportation goes there and um and uh, yeah, if you're into this, go see it before July 15th because it won't be around anymore after that. Go. Thanks for sitting here and listening to The Leftscape for our premiere uh, podcast. I'm Wendy and I am a graphic designer and I have a coloring book for adults, which is opposed to being an adult coloring book, so there's not a lot of naked people to draw or curse words, but there's some really cool like animals and steampunk things, uh, which you can find at wendycards.com. And I'm Robin Renee. I'm going to be at the Drum and Splash Festival at Four Quarters. I'm uh, jealous. Coming up. That's in Artemis, Pennsylvania, and it's July 4th through the 9th. I'm going to be doing... Uh, I'm going to be leading a kirtan, which I have not done awesome. in a while, and doing a workshop on ritual and reintegration. And I think I'm going to be doing that as like on the sixth or seventh. It's a you know it's a long weekend festival. So it's a fun um, long weekend festival. Yes, yes definitely mm -hmm. cool. And um, I am sort of working on doing search engine optimization, not to shift gears too <laughs> bizarrely, but it's really all in one because I'm really interested in something I'm just sort of working on. Um, doing SEO for alternative people and businesses, however you define your alternative self. 
and uh, just helping people be visible. So that's another thing that I'm working on. And I'm at robinrene.com. And I'm Mary. And I'm just going to say that In My Plans is going to the Pride uh, Day in Asbury Park on June 3rd. Robin. We're all going to be there. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll all be there. Asbury Pride. uh, We're going to be wearing our Leftscape t-shirts, which we'll look at. You know, if you go to our website, you'll see what our logo looks like. I know my t-shirt's going to be purple. Uh, I'm not (laughs) sure about the other colors for the other two ladies because... um, Did you call me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to gender you oh my god um, <laughs> that's okay <laughs> show topic no, <laughs> right okay. okay i put my foot in it this time um and what but, else about that yeah um we're gonna i'm gonna bring our little recording device so if you feel inspired and you see us and you want to come talk to us about something we're more than happy to add to have you be a guest on our that podcast would be awesome, yes. yeah, i would love to do that um so where can we be found online? we can be found at our website at leftscape.com and you can contact us at insight at leftscape.com so we'd like to hear from people yeah we're everywhere though we got yep. we have a, a facebook group and a Facebook page. Uh, Join it. We have, we're on Twitter at Leftscape. We're on Instagram at Leftscape. What's our identity on Facebook? It's Leftscape. 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 Something, something, something. Facebook, Leftscape, I have no idea. Uh, We'll put a link. Search it. We'll put a link on the the webpage. We're very searchable, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Yeah. Check us out.